Today on The Journey with Pastor Steve DeWitt. Nobody's saved by what they do with their money. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Okay, that's salvation. But that heart that has bowed to Jesus as Lord now views all that they have as a part of this kingdom that I've now become a part of, and Jesus is the king of it. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt, Senior Pastor at Bethel Church in Northwest Indiana. I'm your host, Tim Svoboda. Statistics show us that over 60% of Americans invest in the stock market, but your stock portfolio will have no further value to you personally once you step from this life into the next. Today on The Journey, Pastor Steve DeWitt teaches us how to invest for eternity. Planning for retirement alone is too short-sighted. To catch up on previous messages, visit thejourney.fm. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's message titled, King Jesus or King Money. As we come to a very challenging section of scripture, broad picture is we're in a series on the kingdom of God in the gospel of Matthew. And uh, last weekend, we started in what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. This is a sermon message that Jesus gave. And uh, we talked about what is the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount. And we said that the purpose is to describe the inner and outer life of a citizen of the kingdom of God. The inner and outer life of the citizen of the kingdom of God. Now remember, the kingdom of God is the reign of God through Christ. So when we become a Christian, we, we become a part of the kingdom of God. We, we are under the rule of God, under the rule of Jesus as king. Jesus is the king of the kingdom. And this sermon is Jesus explaining the life, the ethic of the citizen of the kingdom of God. What, what should be the, 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 the modus operandi, the normal sort of way that we live our life, and we talked about blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God currently is, it's invisible, it's spiritual. We, you can't exactly say here it is or here it is. In fact, in any gathering of people, Jesus said, you have wheats and tares. There are people that are a part of the kingdom like the wheat, and there are people that appear to be but aren't like the tares, and it's hard to tell the difference between the two. Who is a citizen? Who isn't? Maybe we can ask ourselves, rightly, am I a citizen of the kingdom of God or not? And as we work our way through Matthew 6 or Matthew 5 and now into Matthew 6, we're coming on a, uh, a very important verse in the whole gospel of Matthew, which is Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, priority statement. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So Jesus is aiming at establishing for the citizen of the kingdom of God that this allegiance, this loyalty to Jesus as king is to have the first place in our hearts. Number one, okay, number one. But how do I know if he is there in my heart? How do I know if the king is truly the king of my heart? And Jesus tells us in our passage today, which is Matthew 6, 19 and following, that how we view money and how we use money 
are two of the clearest ways for us to know who actually is the king of our heart, okay? And we're gonna explore that here together. So let me read our text. It's Matthew 6. We'll begin in verse 19. Jesus says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, the first thing that we see here in just a sort of a uh, summary look at this is that Jesus is talking in terms of two, right? You see that in the text? You have treasures on earth, treasures in heaven. You have the good eye and the bad eye. You have two masters, God or money, or what I'm calling today King Jesus or King Money. And I thank Paul Tripp for that little phrase, king money. I think it's helpful to realize that there really are two kings and there are two kingdoms that are at work here. And citizens pledge their total allegiance to one or the other. Never both, can't be both because both kings demand total allegiance. There's no dual citizenship here. There is one king in our hearts. No man can serve two kings. No man can serve two masters. Now, he says here that citizens will pledge their allegiance or put their hope in, these are people that, that King Money is their, is their king, their, their hope is in, is in material things, or what he calls here earthly treasures. Now, it is right to assume that he's talking about money, but the word there means much more than money, okay? An earthly treasure is, is anything that we place more value on than heaven will show it to be worth, okay? I am, I am taking something that maybe is okay, but I am placing my heart, I'm placing my sentiments, I'm placing my hope in this object. It is the center of my affections. So treasure is much more than money. It is any earthly thing, non-eternal thing that we treasure. Okay, we're, we're making it more valuable than it will be worth someday. Now, nobody makes investments that way, do they? Like the, the whole point of investment, if you're gonna invest money, is to, you think about what it's worth today, and then you evaluate what it will be worth tomorrow, and it's a good investment if it's worth more tomorrow than it is today. So if you are buying a stock and you can buy that stock at 100 and you're confident tomorrow it's gonna be 150, that's a, that's a good financial investment. Or if you're uh, antiquing, I never have done that, not even sure what that means, I kind of know, but antiquing, and you, you're at a store, you're at a garage sale, and there is a table that they're selling for $10, and you know that your neighbor who loves this kind of table will buy it tomorrow for $50. You buy the table, it's an investment. I'm confident that it's gonna pay a return. That's the way that investing goes. So you think about it in terms of value today, 
and value tomorrow, and you buy today based on what you think it's gonna be worth tomorrow. Are we all in agreement here? Okay, that's investing 101. Here's where Jesus points out two certainties about any earthly treasure that we are valuing. The first thing that he says here is that they will lose their value, okay? They will lose their value. There is uncertainty about material treasure, what he calls here moth and rust, okay? Moth and rust. Now, we don't worry about moths too much, but back in the first century, clothing was a big, like, part of of wealth. And so rich people would buy clothes, they would pile them up. James talks about this, if you read through James, about the rich and their heaping piles of clothing that indict them because they're just so wasteful, etc. Clothing was like money in the bank, okay? You could you could almost you could sell it, you could do whatever. It was a statement of of value. Now, what's the problem with clothing if that's like money to you? Well, there are these little critters, especially back in that day who could get into the garment box and begin to eat and all the rest. And how valuable is a really expensive garment with a massive hole right in the middle of it? Not so much anymore, right? Jesus says that. Moths can go in and destroy your earthly treasure. Or he says here, rust. Now, why is rust a problem? All of their money was in coinage, okay? They didn't have digital banking, et cetera. It was all coinage, and it was worth whatever that metal's weight was, okay? So if your value is all in one coin and it's dependent on weight, what do you not want to have happen to that? You don't want corroding to happen to that, right? Or rust to get in there because it literally eats away at the weight or the value of that coinage. And Jesus just points out, your value is in earthly treasure, guess what? That is highly uncertain. There are, there are factors here that you cannot control that are, that are going to take that value away. In our day, we would say things like this. Lehman Brothers can take it away. Enron can take it away. 2008 recession can take it away. And further, Jesus says, it can be stolen. Okay, stolen. Thieves break in and steal. And the Greek word there for break in, it literally means dig in, okay? Now this is again cultural because back in that day, their homes were built with, you know, like with earth, right? And so they would, uh, they would make their, their home and if, if a thief wanted to break in, he would simply dig through the wall like a dog, right? He could dig through the wall and get into the home and steal the valuables. Thieves dig in, break in and steal, and of course, that same thing is true today. Anybody here have identity theft? Really? They're, they're like, I don't want to raise my hand lest somebody do it again to me or something. But it's a very common problem, probably in the other services, right? But apparently not this one. Identity theft. Or anybody have their credit card number taken? I'll bet most of us probably have. All of a sudden, you get a new credit card in the mail, and you're like, I just set this all up. Now I got to go back through and put all my numbers in. What's going on? They're like, well, we had a breach and, you know, 100 million credit cards were stolen and yours was one of them. You're like, great, right? So that kind of thing happens, of course, today. And then you just have plain old robberies, right? Like we had in my neighborhood two weeks ago in the bank right outside of my subdivision, there was a robbery and uh, 
you know, Jennifer actually uh, texted me, said there was a robbery at the bank and there's cops everywhere. And, and uh, you know, and I'm out doing errands and I'm burning rubber to try to get home because he's on the loose. And, and then she texts me and she says, he's in our neighborhood. And I'm like, you know. So it's a little unnerving when the Lake County Sheriff helicopter is hovering directly over your backyard looking for the bad guy. That's what we had going on. It's just a plain old bank robbery that happened. That kind of thing, of course, still happens. And so all of it, and you can put a lot of other illustrations here, Jesus is just pointing out the uncertainty of earthly treasure. You can think that you have it, but Proverbs says it can take wings and just fly away. It is so uncertain. Things beyond our control can take it away. And of course, ultimately, we die. And death is the end of all possessing of any material thing. So no matter what you have, my friend, someday you're not gonna have it anymore, okay? You're not gonna have it anymore. So Jesus says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures like this, okay? Because of these uncertainties. Rather, he says, lay up treasures uh, for your, up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And he notes that heavenly treasure is different where neither moth nor rust destroys and thieves do not break in and steal. And then this key phrase here, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There is a place where we can invest our lives and our money and our resources and our opportunities where there is no fear of ever losing it, where there is no depreciation, where there is no robbing or stealing. And Jesus says that place is in heaven, or we would say eternity. And Jesus gives two reasons here for why this is a far better investment. The first is all the issues with earthly investments no longer apply there, okay? Again, there's no moths, there's no rust, there's no thieves. None of that applies there. And the other factor is that at death, when all of our earthly treasures are taken from us, at death for the citizen of the kingdom of God is when all of our investments come due. That's when they begin to pay out, actually. And so earthly investments, very short-term, very, very short-term. Earthly investments forever. They last forever. The rewards last forever. And no fear of it ever be, being taken away. So what is this treasure? Okay, we're talking about treasure. What is this treasure here? I want to make this clear. Treasure invested in heaven is anything that we give in this life for the king or for the kingdom. It is anything that we invest in this life for the king or the kingdom. Now, this certainly includes financially giving to kingdom priorities, but it is, again, much more than this, okay? An example, remember the parable of the talents. Jesus says there was a master, he's going to a faraway land, he gave one servant 10, he gave one servant five, he gave another servant one, and he went off for a long time. And then he comes back, he says, all right, tell me what you did with what I gave you. And the one who had 10 made another 10. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. The one who had five made another five. And, and the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. The one who had one, he says, I thought to myself, you're a harsh taskmaster. And so I went and I buried it. And here it is. And he 
hands the one talent back to him. And the master is infuriated and says, take that one and give it to the 10 and throw that man out into outer darkness. And we see in that parable, essentially the principle that we're talking about here, that the king of the kingdom has granted to all of his citizens resources and opportunities and a life that he expects us to invest for his priorities. And the reason that he expects that is that he is the king. Or to say it this way, nothing that we have is actually ours. Now, death shows that, right? We don't get to keep anything. But even during life, nothing that we have is actually ours. To be a citizen of the kingdom, to have allegiance to the king, is to give to the king rule and reign over everything that I am and all that I have, okay? It's all his. And my job now as a citizen is to use these things in the way that the king would want them to be used, to advance his priorities and to advance his kingdom. Now, we're all given varying levels of this, aren't we? You can look around this room. We got varying levels of talents. We have varying levels of opportunities. We have varying levels economically. We have varying levels of, of, uh, of, of just horsepower, right? We're all different, okay? So not everybody is doing the same amount and the same thing, but we are all called to do it to the same extent, when we view everything that we have as a stewardship from God, now everything becomes investable resources. And that's one of the keys whenever we talk about this subject is whose stuff is your stuff really? And do you view that as yours or the Lord's? And that makes all the difference in the world. Right now, if, in fact, I, I tell you that the internal turmoil you're feeling right now might be an indication that I'm talking about this, might be a little indication about whether you are an owner or you are a steward. Stewards don't mind talking about this at all. Owners get upset about it. Wish they hadn't come this Sunday. Are you an owner or are you a steward? Now, the direct context here in Matthew 6 is financial. And that's where when Jesus says this, this is one of the keys. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so the second reason that we shouldn't hoard things for ourselves is that there is a tether between wherever my treasure goes, there goes my heart, okay? So wherever I place my money, my heart's going after it. I can't escape it. Where your heart is, your treasure is. Where your treasure is, your heart is. They always go together. In verses 23 and 24, he talks about this eye just very quickly. He says that an eye that works properly sees light and it gives light to the whole body. That, that very small object can direct the entire body. But if the eye can't see what darkness there is, in other words, the eye is a, again, small, huge difference it makes in, in, in your life. And our view of money and how we handle treasure like that is such a small thing, apparently, but it directs the entire course of one's life. And Tripp calls this the organizing principle of your heart. We all have an organizing principle. It is that priority through which we view everything. It's the thing that we, we evaluate, we decide what we're gonna be a part of. It's the internal motivation of why I do what I do. It's what gets us up in the morning. And whatever that organizing principle is, 
that is, that is the kingdom that I'm actually a part of. It determines who is actually the king of my heart. And Jesus says in verse 24 that this is our master, okay? And no man can serve two masters. And he says, you'll either love one or hate the other, or he'll love this one and hate that one. You can't be dual citizens in your heart. You can't have this sort of split motivation. The human heart can't operate that way. The guy that writes this designed your heart. He knows how it works. And so that's why our master is either King Money or King Jesus. It is either kingdom of man or kingdom of God. And the reason for that is that both of these kings make absolute demands upon us. Lloyd-Jones says they are totalitarian regimes. They will not allow any misallegiance. They are, it's, it's either me or it's him. Now, many of us try, I think, to do the dual thing. Like, yeah, I want a foot in the kingdom of God, but I sort of want all the benefits of the kingdom of man. And we sort of have, we try to do that. It's kind of like trying to be married to two women at the same time. Or so I would suppose. But both can't have your heart equally, can they? One will always be your Leah and the other will be your Rachel. One will be your Reuben, the other will be your Joseph. One will be your White Sox, the other will be your Cubs. No man can serve two masters, right? Okay. All of a sudden you're like, hey, I get it. I get that. And friends, this is why money is so much more than money. It is a window. It's a window into our hearts. Why I do and what I do with money reveals where and who has my heart. And we can deny it. We can chafe at it. We can leave a service like this mad about it. But in the end, money is a window into who really is the king of our hearts. Chandler says it this way, the thing about your money is it reveals who you really are and you can play the religious game all you want and learn all the right chatter and learn all the right things to say, but your wallet betrays you. So friends, here's, of all the things I'm gonna say this morning, this is the one thing I want you to hear, okay? And it's a question. If you were to honestly assess which kingdom would your allocation of resources show to have your allegiance? A challenging question that some of us may struggle to answer honestly. Based on the allocation of our resources, which kingdom, God or money, has our allegiance? You're listening to The Journey with Steve DeWitt in a message titled, King Jesus or King Money. Well, Steve, Christmas is just around the corner and it's really starting to feel like the most wonderful time of the year. But for listener-supported ministries like The Journey, it's also the most important time of the year, isn't it? It definitely is, Tim. And, uh, you know, Christmas is such a wonderful time to celebrate with friends and family. But for ministries like The Journey, it really sets the tone for the next 12 months. And it allows us to plan strategically for the coming year. It helps us to know whether we've got margin for expanding the ministry. The fact that you're listening today tells me that you're likely benefiting from the Bible teaching on this program. I certainly hope so. So today, why not give back so that others could also benefit from the program as well? And I want to assure you, your financial gift during this critical time will help us start 2024 strong. 
I believe that God has some incredible plans for the journey in the coming year. So don't wait. Please contact us with your generous year-end gift today. And I just want to say thank you. And here's how you can contact The Journey today and give your special year-end gift. Call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or even easier, visit thejourney.fm. And when you do, we'll say thanks by sending you The Treasure Principle by best-selling author Randy Elkhorn. This helpful and practical guide will teach you how to steward God's resources well, live generously, and in doing so, find great joy in your everyday life. You can request your copy today when you call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or visit thejourney.fm. I'm Tim Svoboda. Be sure to join us tomorrow when Pastor Steve concludes the message titled, King Jesus or King Money. That's Friday on The Journey. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.